Welcome to the Intersecting Us podcast, where math and life intersect. In today's podcast, Dave and Brian discuss math beyond numbers, nurturing imagination and education. Dave and Brian first delve into the previous podcast to clarify math, faith, and certainty, finding the balance in life's equations. Well, what if you could look at math in a different way? What if you could look at life in a different way? Today on uh, our podcast, we're going to try to imagine math in a, in a new way. And uh, we did a little bit of that last podcast or a couple podcasts ago. And uh, this is Brian Reiner, and uh, I'm here with Dave Kester on our Intersecting Us podcast, looking at math and life and intersecting all those types of things. But Dave, we talked a little bit about math, awaking your imagination, some of the concepts that surround that. But I know we kind of got to the end of the podcast last time, and I know you had some more you wanted to clarify. So why don't you start us there and kind of clarify some of those thoughts you had coming off of that? Sure. Welcome, everybody. It's always a pleasure to be here. And uh, the topic for today, the imagination math, is a pretty exciting topic for me. So I can't wait to jump into it. But I kind of left everyone hanging a little bit in our last episode. So I'll I thought, well, maybe I will, I'm not going to close the loop, but maybe uh, at least put a little bit of thought to it, uh, to a topic that is something I know both you, Brian, you and I have a lot of passion about. And that is how we talk about the differences between certainty and faith. And I know uh, we we can talk about faith in a lot of different ways. I know, I know Brian You've, you've got some thoughts on like how we can think about faith. Uh, what are some ways you think about how, to, how does faith, what does faith mean to you? Well, I think, you know, and that is subjective. You know, we, we want to think about what it means to us. Ultimately, it can mean lots of things, a lot of different people. But uh, historically, that word has had a fairly concrete meaning. Uh, it may move around. Usually we, we associate it with religious ideas and and that's fine but we use it for other things too you might say i have you know faith in in newtonian physics or something you know so we can use it outside of a religious context but historically it's always been a very close word instead of in some languages it's almost the same word as trust mm-hmm. you know so that's where i always kind of couch it i know lately probably the last generation or two uh, especially in the western world i'm not really certain in the eastern uh, ideas but it's it, you, you see that term, which I don't like the word, term wishing coming in there. That really never is what faith is about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess the last thing I'd say at this point on it is, and I've used this analogy before. Many people have. If uh, think about a bridge that somebody has built across a big uh, uh, cavern or a canyon, and you're going to go cry, and if you if you if the bridge doesn't work, you die. I mean, that's really what it comes mm-hmm. to. So. So you can say, somebody can say, well, I built this bridge. Do you, would you want to go across it? And somebody could say, me? I want, you want me to go across it? I'd say, okay, well, that would take, that would take some faith, you know, it's saying. <laughs> but would you say, in, if you want to use the old version or, or, the, or the really classical way of looking at faith, which is trust, do you have enough evidence in everything that's gone into that bridge that this will get you across? Mm-hmm. Um, and this right. will, you can, you can kind of segue into your certainty on this too. And if you want to mm-hmm. use this, or if you have a different analogy, that's fine. But, um, but you, it would be kind of silly for anybody to say, well, 
yeah, I don't, this guy doesn't even have a degree in engineering. You know, it looks like it's made of paper mache and, you know, it's like, but I'm just going to have faith, you know, I just hope and wish that it goes with no evidence. It's like, well, that's not, I don't think that's faith. I think that's stupidity. Uh Yeah. So I think that's where I would come off of it, that it's right. trust in something with evidence. I think the evidence is important. It mm-hmm. might not be compelling evidence to everyone. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But right. to say somebody doesn't have evidence, then I don't really think that's what we're calling about, faith or trust. Sure. The word that comes to my mind is blind faith. And so it's yeah. like, okay, yeah. if you yeah. have no uh, logical thing to back it up, you're just going by blind faith. But generally, uh, we... we uh, we attribute faith as to something that we may have a high degree of confidence in, uh, but certainly not a hundred percent. And the uh, point I was trying to make in our last podcast was that often what I've seen is when people talk about elements of faith, and usually faith has to do with a lot of things that have happened thousands of years ago. So how certain are we of things that happened thousands of years ago? Well, you know, there are a lot of documents out there. So we we have some certainty, uh, depending on what we're talking about. Uh, so it's not blind faith. There's there's a lot of evidence, but it's, uh, it's not like we were there that we uh, were eyewitnesses. And so I think what we get into trouble is when we exchange faith for certainty and we talk about things as if they're certain. And we know in math, two plus two equals four. That's something that we are highly certain about. But when we talk about things that have happened historically, then I think that that enters more into the realm of faith. And it may seem like a small nuance, but I feel like if you talk about certainty, you don't allow room for other people's different opinions on it. And I think that that's where we get into trouble is when we squeeze out other people's perspectives because we have such of a strong faith in what we personally believe in. And those are things that I think that go down a dangerous path. I agree. I do think, again, you know, it kind of comes back to some of the stuff we've talked about in the past, you know, having a little bit of humility, especially when it comes to ideas that do have some nuance to it, whether it's to do with history or what we would call forensic evidence, you know, stuff like that, where you don't always uh, have complete certainty. You know, most of what we do in uh, science is that way or just uh, detective stuff. If you like that kind of stuff, you know, that's usually inductive. You're trying to get to the the, the best possible explanation. It might you not be you might not be 100 percent certain, but you have some faith that this is the best one. Right. And we do that all the time. Yeah. And you think I was just thinking about that. I was on a jury a couple times and people probably been on juries and they tell you, you know, that you're supposed to come up with conclusions that you trust. I don't know if they use the word faith, but trust that we're right beyond a reasonable doubt, not an unreasonable doubt. Mm-hmm, you know? right. um, yes. A little green man could have come and shot the guy and it, it wasn't the guy in the room. It's, po- you know, I suppose that's possible in some sort of universe but but that's not a reasonable and right. i think that's what we're doing we're trying to find a reasonable inference to things and so when you look at faith trust is there enough evidence to trust this over mm-hmm. not trusting it mm-hmm. it's probably the first is it more is the, the old philosophical idea is it more plausible than not you know in mm-hmm. math that one is easy i mean like you said too but that's not you can empirically prove math so easily well, when you get into life science, forensic science, even just 
you know, cosmology and all. I mean, there's there is some you're not 100 percent certain, but it's more plausible than not that this is true. Um, and Correct. I think that's a that's what you're you're kind of trying to get. I think. Yeah, right. Next, Dave and Brian go on further to explore the boundless imagination of mathematics. All right. Well, cool. Well, I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about it, but uh, in order to give a little bit of time for our imagination today, let's jump into today's topic. Uh, We talk about how to imagine math in a new way. And, you know, I think one of the things that uh, we think about as humans is that we have a lot of limitations. You know, we we are humans, and so therefore we have limited time, we have limited ability to think, and so forth. And so, so often we think of ourselves as limited by circumstances, but we are usually not limited by imagination. And I know that most people don't think of math as something that requires imagination. In fact, we simply, we just talked about how two plus two equals four. So, there really wasn't any imagination in that uh, exercise of that equation, but that is such of a small part of math. And if you look at math as a whole, it is very much an imagination type of a experience. And I, th- I want to kind of like touch on that today to open some people's eyes to how imaginative math can be. Yeah, and I do... Uh, as we, we've talked about this before, kind of the difference between, and I'm always a stickler on this, almost to be annoying when somebody says, I think I've said this before, but when somebody says, may I pick your brain? I said, well, no, no, that would hurt, but you can pick my mind if you want. You know, and I think that's what you're kind of talking about here. And a little bit of the imagination is something that isn't, well, especially when you're looking at math, it's not bound by anything. You know, there, there's, there, you, you, there's not a, uh, you know, like you said, you're, you're limited by your circumstances. Certainly, we are bound to some extent. I'm in an office where we're podcasting here. So are you. I can't, you know, teleport to where you are. You can't, you know, and we can't teleport to the listeners and all that. And we don't have that ability, but we can think about them. Mm-hmm. We can think about, you know, if you know who they are or, or, or whatever. So our minds are really only, well, they're, I was going to say they're bound by probably our own laziness almost i guess mm-hmm. is the word i'm thinking you know we're just not we don't we don't engage them enough maybe mm-hmm. and, and let that let the imagination go it may go down paths that may not ultimately be fruitful but sometimes you have to go down paths like that before you get to one that actually becomes useful mm-hmm. right and so if you take something simple like maybe the expression y equals x squared and i just happen to think about that off the top of my head but uh, we could think about that in an algebraic format, like I just stated, y equals x squared. Or we could think about a square with size, length of size x, and then y represents the total area of that square. And we have the freedom to look at that function in both of those ways. And the beautiful thing about math is we're going to get to the same conclusions. But sometimes we need more imagination to think about problems than what we would, you know, start uh, assuming. Because uh, you may start thinking about that as simply an algebra problem. But if you don't ever use your imagination and go to the geometry side of it all, you may miss out on a lot of different perspectives of what that expression represents. 
Well, and as you were talking about that, my mind was thinking about the square and the formula. I mean, I didn't have it in front of me, but you know, and everybody can conceive of it differently, I guess, but that, that's it. Your, your mind starts going and you start, and it allows you to imagine things at, at, at different levels. But it, like you said, it, it, you had some of that in prior podcasts and some of the Lazarus math uh, stories on, on our website have people in the, in history doing this mm-hmm. where they just start imagining things, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and they might not even be putting pen to paper yet. They may. But even that, they're imagining, well, how does this work, you know, and, and crumple, you know, the old crumple up the paper, that didn't make any sense. Let's imagine something different, you know, and I, and I think that's where, well, certainly you find and you, get, you innovate, but then you get into the, I don't know, back to those words we've been using, you know, you're trying to find the truth of something, you're having some joy doing it, hopefully, and, and then you're, you're getting into maybe some of the, the beauty of it, too, and, and that you can't really have that without that imagination being a part of that. Mm-hmm. And there are different ways that we often describe what math is like. And one way we could describe it is like a tree. And I kind of like that because a tree continues to grow and has branches and there's different branches of mathematics and it's always expanding. And also the thing that gives the tree nourishment are the roots. And like, and mathematics is the same way as there's roots to how we got to where we are at. But the key to that analogy to me is that the tree is always growing and math is a growing subject. We don't often think of it that way because we're, it's often presented to us in a textbook and our goal is to find the right answer. And that hides the idea that math is very much growing and, and we're learning about new things in math all the time. And uh, I feel like there's so much that we can learn from math. Uh, you know, it's, it's very unlimited as to where math can go. Uh, if you talk to any mathematician, uh, they will tell you they probably got a huge laundry list of things that they're trying to work on, to ponder, to think about, because uh, a good mathematician has uh, a very imaginative mind, and they're always wondering, what happens if I try this? What happens if I try that? Yeah. That's kind of uh, implicit in being in, in math and, and get, in, unless you just, like you said, you stay with just the very concrete, find the answer, which, you know, that has its meaning. I mean, it's good that people do that when we're making bridges that they know how to do calculus. I, I think that's great, but math in its pure form, that without that, it just doesn't move forward. It, it's mm-hmm. just because you just continue to regurgitate the same formulas. You just learn what everybody else has done and you don't even get probably on you don't even go down the path you know mm-hmm. i just thought geometry was fun because it you, you, there are different ways to getting there you know you'd start with given and then you'd say you know you'd go down these and you go oh wait a minute now erase three you know and, but that was it that was what we were doing you're imagining and you might there might be two different ways or three different ways or however many different ways to come to the same conclusion and prove the prove the prop you know prove the hypothesis so i, I think you're right I do think as we've been talking about this, and I kind of knew it already, but and maybe people that have come alongside us in podcasts and videos are starting to see there's there's something here about just, uh, I guess I'll just call it the term pure math. There's something here deeper than uh, that I really probably thought of before we started this process. 
that I'm start you, you get I guess there's a joy is the word we're using, but there's just almost a little bit of excitement there because it's there isn't you know philosophically there's really isn't an actual infinite if you know what I mean because when you get there there's always more, but yet in our imagination there actually is. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that one there just always kind of like well that's really cool uh, mm-hmm. and it, it does have some. There's a little bit of beauty in that too, I think. It's mm-hmm. just kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I, I, I agree. You're, you're getting your imagination to, to wander a little bit with some, with some parameters can, can really get us in some pretty cool places with man. And even in the world that you brought up regarding, uh, like engineering or finance, where it looks like that there's going to be one right answer. Uh, as you know, we've spent quite a bit of our time in the actuarial world. And I've spent a lot of my time in actuarial education. One of the things that I've really enjoyed is to take some sort of concept and play with it and to be able to look at it from different perspectives. And in doing so, often you can bring different concepts together. And so there might be like four or five different concepts that are taught that appear to be separate topics. But if you look at them just right, you can see the connection between those. And then you can bring all those together, kind of like connecting dots. And, you know, those types of things require imagination. Uh, There is not like anything I read that told me that, okay, here, go connect these dots. That's just something that I had the privilege of working on because I could invest time in, you know, looking and relooking at these problems. And I was able to look deeper. And in that deeper probe, I found a lot of surprises and ways to look at things in, you know, in a way that will make it easier for other people to understand it. And I think one of the challenges that we have in current education is that we have to go so fast that we don't have an opportunity to sit and go deep and to see some of those connections. And I don't necessarily have a solution for that. I'm just saying that that's just uh, too bad because uh, anytime you start looking at math deeper, you're going to find very interesting things, but we often don't take the time to, to go deep into something. Well, and I do think, you know, the, the whether we look at the pedagogical, you know, the, the, the educational side of things that, I think most of us know when we were going through uh, even, you know, junior high, high school times, you know, the times we enjoyed were more we got to experience it a little bit, you know, to see, you know, I remember once we did a, uh, it wasn't dominoes, but they were similar to dominoes. We had to calculate the distance between the dominoes to make the most force so it could get all the dominoes over. And, you know, and, you know, and you knew people seen that, but that was just kind of fun. We were using math. I think I was like a sophomore in high school. But that was the experience was cool. And when you saw all those dominoes fly and it worked, you're like, oh, wow. You know, that, that, you know, there was an experience. There was almost a little bit of joy there. And I think mm-hmm. that's it. We, I think you see that in, and, you know, I'll have to admit, I think it took us like six times to get that right. And I, I but I, you know, it's like, okay, that didn't work. Why not? And, and really it was, it was because uh, we were being a little bit unimaginative on the math, I think, a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, we had, I, I remember we just had the mass wrong on, on what, how much each of those little pieces of metal weighed. Mm-hmm. Once we got that, then we were able to move things and it worked. But again, back to your original point that it allows, 
you're, you're allowing people to learn, but we're not, uh, like you said, with education, we, we tend to think of education with a goal of being a very utilitarian goal of understanding things and getting a job, which is not bad, but wouldn't it be fun to have a job that you enjoyed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, people listen to that right now. Yes, I would like that. Yeah. And, and not that everything's going to be perfect, but again, back to the, your, your stories. I thought that was so cool. It's not like, you know, that Euler was just like, well, this is boring, but I'm going to try to figure this out. You know, mm-hmm. no, he really enjoyed it. You know, and I think that's what we're trying to get people to realize that whether it's math or something else, um, uh, you, if you can find something that you kind of got some gifts to enjoy, that makes it all the more fun and it can be useful, which is a kind of a neat combination. Well, one of the things I think that is w- one of the coolest stories about imagination and math returns to, of course, the imaginary number I that we've talked about before. And for those of you who don't recall, the definition for I, the imaginary number, is I squared equals negative one. And so that's not a number that's on a real number line. It's called an imaginary number. And it was something that came about the last several hundred years in math where we just basically defined that number, used our imagination and called it the imaginary number. And that number has turned into something that's been incredibly helpful, useful, informative, uh, you name it, it has been a darling of math for the last couple hundred years as to how useful that imaginary number has become. Yeah. And, and again, it, it's interesting because those the word imaginary has a little bit different, but, but they cross over. They're not mutually exclusive. I mean, you're. it's not like you were sitting there and the apple hit you in the head and you thought, I, I mean, it's not that type of imaginary mm-hmm. It's a concept that there was a barrier to calculation. And, and so somebody imagined, and I think that's a good way to put it, this particular thing that allows you to make calculations that you can otherwise make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't necessarily draw a straight line to reality or, like you say, a real number line. But certainly useful and have shown itself to be useful, which is mm-hmm. quite, quite interesting, I think. Right. And then in math, we we do kind of... Some fun things. So let's just take a simple function that maybe we can imagine. Uh, let's take y equals 2 to the x. And uh, so if we think of x, let's say, as an integer, then x could equal 1. So that produces 2 times 1. Or x equals 2, then that's 2 times 2 or 4. Or x equals 3, then that's 2 times 2 times 2. That's 8. And when x is an integer... We think of the expression 2 to the x basically as repeated multiplication. And so that, that makes sense. I mean, you probably remember that from high school math, right? Yep, yep, yep. That was um, yeah. So then that's what we started thinking about when we talked about exponents. But then we had this wonderful idea of like, why are we limiting x to be an integer? What happens if we make x a real number? And mm. so... That was just like an imagine an imaginative idea that someone came up with that had not not ever been done before, and so they had to rethink what it meant to have an exponent because if you have y equals two to the x and x equals three point two one four eight well how do you even interpret that and so you have to kind of now rethink of what that exponentiation process is actually doing. 
Right. Instead of just going through the formulas. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, then it requires some logic and some thinking as to how you interpret that. Well, then as we expanded our numbers from the real numbers to the imaginary numbers, well, then, of course, people started wondering, well, what happens if we let X equal an imaginary number or a complex number, which is a complex number is just a combination of an imaginary number and a real number. And so if it was hard to try to interpret what does 2 raised to 3.2481 equals, what does, how do you interpret the idea of 2 raised to 3.2i equals? You know, that that's hard to interpret, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But when math people started playing around with that, they discovered some really incredible results that, you know, surprised everybody because it, it doesn't seem like even, you know, raising something to a power of I even makes sense. So you had to rethink, well, how do we even interpret that? And, you know, th- so those are things that math people struggled with. But as they worked through the logic of it all, what came out was things that truly were beautiful and opened up whole new worlds to math people. Yeah. And again, you get, we get back to that term, you know, the beauty, which is obviously somewhat subjective. We realize that. But as you were talking about this, I was thinking in my mind, not my brain. Well, both maybe, uh, the, uh, the idea of art, you know, where you get an artist and, and you have to have to have some talent to do this. I realize that, but you know, you get a blank canvas. Okay. Paint. Mm-hmm. Well, how am I going to do that? You know, mm-hmm. I guess I could just start throwing the brush at, you know, maybe. But but again, most people, what do they do? They start imagining, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I guess I, st- I now I think of like Euler. OK, he's not an artist. He's a mathematician and he's OK. Calculate, think, you know, well, he's got his pen in hand or pencil and, and he's got his paper and he puts a number line. And, he's you know, again, it, it's not exactly the same, but it's similar, isn't it? That mm-hmm. you're letting it is. The imagination, because I think that's a, uh, in my opinion, and hopefully it's helpful to people, that's a way of thinking about it because we, we kind of get the art idea that that's an expression of who we are and what we see and, and, and our perspective. Well, that's kind of what you're doing on the math side. It and is. The art can be beautiful for other people and have meaning and so can the math. You know? Right. And it doesn't even necessarily have to have a direct meaning to making bridges or anything. It just mm-hmm. can be a way to enjoy and and just you know explore if enough of a better word i guess mm-hmm. and that brings me to our eternity series video series that we did and uh the last four video series and specifically the last two which would be uh the sixth and seventh i explored the expression of y equals e to the x and we looked at what happens when x was an integer. And then we looked at what happens when X was a real number. And then we took that crazy turn and assumed, well, what happens if X is a complex number? And so in the, that video series, we worked through an example to see how that plays out. And I used uh, my imagination in the video that I had never seen anyone explain it before. There's there's a lot of videos on YouTube if you want to see what happens to the equation y equals e to the x when x is an imaginary number. You know, there, there's a lot of neat videos on that. 
But the uh, idea that I came up with was to imagine it as a series of dance steps. And perhaps someone else had thought of that before. Uh, you know, that certainly could be true, but it was something that I had never seen before. So I was just kind of thinking about how to explain that topic. And I started thinking about it in terms of, okay, there's these numbers that are going on a complex plane. And I started thinking that, you know, this really could be converted to like a dance step. And so that was, you know, me using my imagination in order to explain a concept that is, you know, kind of difficult to grasp and has been explained many different ways. But I just kind of had fun using the idea of thinking about it in terms of dance steps. Now, that doesn't mean that this is like any better of an explanation, but it was a lot of fun for me to think about it and to think that, okay, I have the ability to come up with something on my own that might be different than anyone else has thought of. And it's not like it needs to be rocket science. It just has to be something no one else has really thought about before. And uh, so playing with math in that way truly is an enjoyable experience. Well, and I think as we kind of wind down here, the the idea of it made me think of kind of back to our the education idea that that perhaps could be helpful to somebody to to conceive of it better, you know, than just saying, you know, well, it's a turn every quarter turn or half turn or mm-hmm. which is still what it's doing. But to make it a dance step, it might get in their mind and think, OK, that I understand better mm-hmm. because I can I can conceptualize that much better in my imagination or you even see it like you did in the video. So I think that shows how you're, you're kind of you're looking at exploring different ways to see the same thing, but not just that, you know, who knows what might come of that. It's like, oh, my golly, now I look at it this way and now I see something I didn't see before because of the dance step. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, kind of thinking out loud here. So that that idea that, that the exploration will will kind of you know cultivate more ed- imagination and it just keeps going. And I think, and I do think the joy is kind of in there too. So as we sum up here, is there anything you want to add in summary as we kind of wrap up our podcast for today? I think it's simply to encourage you to take time to think about math as something that you can use your imagination in doing and give yourself the freedom to think differently, to think creatively, and don't be afraid of making mistakes, going down the wrong path. Because once you start thinking about oh, no, is this the right way of doing it? That will immediately kill your imagination and your creative spirit. Uh, So there will be a time and a place uh, to kind of think about the logistics of it and and whether, you know, it's it's, uh, completely accurate. But you need to start out with just trying to think creatively and allow yourself, your mind to try something different when you're working on a math problem. Yeah, so I think that wraps it up well. It's the idea that, you know, that what we started with is what if you can look at math as a way to awaken your imagination, look at it a little bit different way to have some joy. Uh, and that's kind of what we're trying to do here all the time. So this has been Dave and uh, Brian with Intersecting Us. We hope you enjoyed our podcast this week and uh, hope to uh, see you or hope you hear from us soon in our next podcast.
This has been the Intersecting Us podcast. To further engage with Intersecting Us, go to intersectingus.com.